Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. It's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage today, Robin Guinea and AJ Hart, founding partners of Hart Guinea. How are you both doing? Great. Thank you. Good. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you. When, you know, a lot of our listeners are thinking about starting their own firm and they're thinking, ah, you know, I don't want to do this on my own. I want to do this with a partner. So I'm going to ask you both a question uh, for our audience members. And the question is this, an ideal law partner should have dot, 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 fill in the blanks. I would say unending patience. Uh, starting our law firm um, had a lot of speed bumps, I would say, in dealing with things that we were unfamiliar with, primarily dealing with the bar, uh, setting up bank accounts, uh, finding accountants, things like that. And, and where, where's the patience most needed in your, in your opinion, AJ? Well, typically as a litigator, I can get things done immediately, right? I can file with the court, I can call my client, but in a partner, I need somebody I can call at 9 p.m and talk something through about an issue that may not be resolved for uh, weeks, if not months. Awesome. Uh, and Robin, what about you? How would you answer that question? I think having a partner who sees the case and handles the case in a similar way is, is very important. A lot of the uh, attorneys that we will work with on uh, the other side have maybe are over litigious, under litigious, are sloppy, are maybe terrible in court. So it's very helpful, I think, to have a partner who, when you strategize with them, you're not getting information that's completely out of left field. And that, that's been one of the strengths, I think, of AJ and I being in partnership is when we bounce ideas off of each other, he sees it from a slightly different perspective than I do. So it helps me fill in the blanks, but I also trust his opinion. I know that he's one of the best attorneys that's out there, which is why I wanted to be in partnership with him to begin with. I wanted the smartest guy on the room in my team. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's been the biggest advantage of being in a partnership, I think, is just be able to trust the person that you're with and know that they're not going to tell you to do something that's going to be not in line with your values. That's absolutely true. And it's especially true in our, our field. I think uh, Robin and I are complementary partners and we practice in a similar respectful manner. Um, we were litigators and we're trial attorneys, but um, there can be a number of feral attorneys in the family law space. And you don't need one of those under your own umbrella. It's important to have a partner who's uh, equally respectful and professional. I love that term, feral attorney. I don't think I've heard that before, AJ. That's so on point. <laughs> Welcome to family law, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you two decided to start your own firm in the middle of a pandemic. Oh my gosh. Uh, take us back through um, how you both started thinking about starting your own firm, why you started your own firm, and then choosing that time to do it, actually launch your own firm. Well, we had actually started talking about starting our own firm about a year before the pandemic. We had a case together. We liked working together. We realized that we kind of saw issues the same way. And we were both in different firms at the time. He was looking at becoming a partner 
in his firm. I was looking at becoming a partner in my firm. And before we really had hammered anything out, uh, a certain... Yeah, we were, we were in an unusual situation. I be, while we were having these discussions and, and right in the middle of the pandemic, probably a year into the pandemic, um, I, I had already become a partner at Sims Family Law Group. And my partner, Hannah Sims, passed away unexpectedly in March of 2021, uh, almost exactly a year ago. And that you know, created something of a crisis for me, but also an opportunity. Uh, she, she gave me the firm and her will. Um, and I began managing what was formerly Sims Family Law Group and had to transition all of our clients um, and deal with that. And that's when Robin and I decided to partner up. Um, it was a crisis and opportunity for me. And I think it was time for Robin to, to move on from the firm she was in. It's a wonderful story. And, and how was it starting your firm in the midst of a pandemic? And when I talk to clients that are looking to do that, they all, you know, a lot of them feel like that maybe isn't the right time now and they want to wait for things to settle down, whatever that means and whenever that's going to be. But you, you know, AJ, I know you had a kind of a, well, that situation, um, but Robin, you didn't have to, you didn't have to do that. And so how do you both feel about the timing of this? I mean, aside from the unfortunate circumstances that sort of precipitated sort of jumping in very quickly, I think starting a firm in a pandemic was actually beneficial because at the time, I was not living in California. I was in Washington. Um, and it didn't matter because everything was already online. All the clients are used to meeting online. I think since we have have formed and started doing business probably in May of last year, I have only ever had one client who wanted to come in and meet in person that entire time. So it's not, it's not been an issue. It forced anything that was lingering that was paper-based to become more online. So right now our paper, our office is paperless. So Everything is served, everything is on the server, everything is in the cloud, everything is done by Zoom, everything is done remote. We offered our staff when we started the opportunity to work remote because AJ and I are sort of, I mean, we come into the office, but when we come into the office, it's almost like an event, at least for me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I have an office. This is so cool. <laughs> and some lunch, and you know, it's a big thing. And but when we offered to our staff to say, you know, you can work from home, you can work remote wherever you want, they actually wanted to come in. So that was an interesting situation for us. We kept saying, no, this this is a bonus. You can you can go, really? This is good. And they're like, nah, <laughs> we want to stay here. So I really didn't think that there was an impact starting the pandemic. And if you wait for the perfect time, it's never going to come. That's true. The being a lawyer is never going to calm down. There's never going to be a great time. And it was it, it was very advantageous to us to not, for instance, have to find a physical space immediately. You know, rent is a significant overhead cost for any firm. And not having to pay that right off the bat um, allowed us to get off the ground a lot more quickly. Being able to serve things remotely under the emergency COVID rules for the state being able to receive things remotely, having everything up in the cloud allowed us to, to start working immediately as soon as we were certified by the bar and the Secretary of State. 
one of the things that I like about uh, the way that you're both positioning your firm is you positioned it. So it's not like every other family law firm that's out there. So AJ, tell me a little bit about um, how uh, your firm is different from many other family law firms. I think the primary difference between our firm and others is that we go to trial. Um, there are uh, there are a lot of family law attorneys that are focused on mediation or conciliation or are simply unprepared to to go into uh, week long, two week long, month long trials on child custody or children moving out of state or complex financial issues such as RSUs, stock options, non-qualified options, and the calculations and the work that goes along with these things, including significant discovery. And we have the staff and we have the office and we have the will to do it. And that's that's unusual in the family law space. And Robin, tell me more about that last point that AJ made, the will to do it. How is that different from, from other family law firms? A lot of the referrals that we get are from other attorneys that get to a point in the case where it's either gotten too big, too messy, too complicated, too many weird things going on. And we end up picking up cases that have been started by another attorney and are now looking at at least one trial, maybe multiple trials. <clears throat> and we we like those cases because it keeps us going to court and it keeps our skills sharp. So that's why we like handling those cases. And a lot of other attorneys don't like the, the time investment, the, the staff investment, the emotional toll that some of these cases can take because there's often some sort of component where there's a mental illness going on or substance abuse issue that sort of makes these cases a little more complicated than just the standard divorce. Yeah. And I can only imagine during the pandemic, um, you know, the kinds of cases that you have both seen, it can create potentially um, a lot of <laughs> some anxiety in the office. You're, you're dealing with these really, really crazy, challenging, emotionally difficult situations. And so, um, AJ, how is it that you've set up your office and your team such that everyone is actually able to do a great job and to feel really good about the work that they do without being so emotionally burdened with, uh, with the cases? I think that at least for, for both me and for Robin, I think we shift a lot of that, the emotional element onto us. It's our job as counsel of record. You know, we talk to these clients, we deal with it. Um, the buck stops with us. We're the, we're the attorneys that represent these people in court, represent them with other counsel, represent them with other experts like CPAs or parent coordinators or child custody evaluators. So a lot of that burden falls on us. Um, you know, I think what we try to do is keep that away from our staff. Our staff is here to support us, not necessarily to emotionally support our clients. Got it. And how how do you both deal with uh, all the the stress and the things that you're taking upon yourselves? Boundaries. <laughs> it's important to have very good personal boundaries. Boundaries and, and boundaries and perspective, right? These the situations that arise in family law. Um, are, are never the fault of a single person. People have decided to enter into a relationship with someone else, whether that be to have a child, to get married, um, to have some sort of relationship that finds itself in the family law space. And that means there's a dispute and they are trying to resolve it. And we're here to help resolve that dispute. But there's a difference between resolving a dispute and apportioning blame. 
And, you know, what I often have to tell clients that I'm having difficulty with is that, you know, I didn't, I didn't marry that person. I didn't have a kid with them. I'm trying to help you through this process. And I'm doing so the best way possible with my knowledge of the law and the judges and the attorneys on the other side. But that's what I give. Um, you have to recognize that you have some responsibility for a relationship that you entered into and it's falling apart. I think that's one of the biggest issues that we come across is that this expectation that the behavior of the spouse will change now that they're getting a divorce. Where Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> if they were kind of a jerk during the marriage, they're not going to stop being a jerk in the divorce. And we get a lot of requests of, can't you make them do this? Can't you get an order that they don't do that? No, we, we can't get an order to change the basic personality of another person. We just can't. <laughs> if we could, there would be a lot of those orders flying around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Robin is exactly right. It's like you're divorcing this person often for personality reasons, right? Typically for personality reasons. And now you're involved in what's a technically a lawsuit. They're not going to be act differently. <laughs> so setting those expectations with your clients is key. And I love your, your point, AJ, about perspective. Um, as far as boundaries go, what do you both do to, to unwind and, and, and have some fun? Well, we, we both like to travel a lot. Um, I, I like... Uh, I'm a big walker. So I, I walk a lot, like five to seven miles a day sort of walking. That's sort of my Zen time. So that helps me to sort of sort through and process everything. Yeah. So that's kind of what I do. I mean, it's changed during the pandemic. I used to go out with friends to eat all the time and go to a lot of different restaurants and, and travel more. I've been doing that less. I think over the course of the pandemic, I got a Peloton bike that takes up most of my free time to be completely honest. And I'm a little bit embarrassed by it, but I am obsessed with it. And I do it like six days a week. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, there's, there's nothing good about the pandemic, but some good things have come from it. And I'm so glad to hear that you've discovered uh, a new passion for yourself, AJ. That's fantastic. So I was quite surprised as we were talking that it, you you both are running this fantastic law firm that gets involved in some really messy, complicated trials. That's sort of your bread and butter. Um, but it's basically the two of you. And so tell me about how you're dealing with, um, as you're getting probably an influx of cases from the pandemic, you may have to staff up. I don't know, but tell me more about what that situation looks like from your perspective. So we were in sort of an enviable position in that we didn't start from zero, that I brought clients into an existing firm, essentially. So there was a little bit of a paradigm shift for the existing clients and for the clients that I brought over to sort of move to a different firm and a different way of doing things. Uh, so that's been really helpful that we haven't had to try to staff up, that we did have an associate that was on board, that we had a fantastic paralegal, we have an office manager. So we've been able to to rely on them a lot to sort of mesh everything, to sort of bring over compartment or part of the old existing firm and bring it into the new way of setting up and the new file sharing systems and the new you know, practice management systems that we're using. That's been a, a huge change and that's taken a lot of staff time. And we're right now at the 
point where we're finally going, okay, now I feel like we have a foundation. Now everything is kind of settled. We've got the, the firm grounded. We've got you know the staff trained up. Now we're kind of looking at bringing somebody else on maybe in the next few months. But it's also really difficult right now to find somebody who, first of all, is, is interested in family law in general, because it's always sort of seen as like a last resort almost coming out of law school that it's not it's not sexy. It's not interesting. It's it's considered very emotional, a lot of drama. But particularly what we do is that the person who would join our team needs to know that they're going to be in court a lot and that they're going to be trained up to do the kind of trials that we do. And they're going to be dealing with the sort of messy cases that we handle. I think the benefit for someone like that, that wants to do that is they're going to get some fantastic training and some fantastic experience, you know, working at your firm. That's absolutely true. And, and, and what a lot of people don't recognize about family law is it touches on uh, almost every other area of law whatever you can think of. You know, we're subject to the evidence code in court. We're subject to the code of civil procedure because we're technically in civil court. We're subject to the family code. But we also touch on corporate law. We touch on business and professions codes. Anything that you can think of, we have to deal with because these are community or separate assets in divorce proceedings, right? We have people that own closely held startups. We have people that are um, C-suite level at publicly traded companies. And we touch on everything. We have to, just to get our clients the best outcome possible. Yeah. It's like the general practice of law, I think, because almost every case, there's a bunch of legal components. There's tax returns. So we got to know enough to know what we don't know, right? To say, there's a problem here that somebody else is going to work with you to address because that's not my area, but we have to know enough to see it. A lot of you know businesses that are privately owned need to be divided, need to be valued, valuations, and a lot of you know psychology comes into it because we're dealing with child custody a lot. A lot of explaining to the judge the psychological framework of this family and that's why this family keeps coming to you every year back to court nothing seems to be changing so there's a lot of different components that come into our everyday practice what i like about the firm that you both have is you don't shy away from that you actually thrive in it and you run towards it and you grab it and you work it which is really really cool and um i think someone that's interested in in that kind of a career would really probably enjoy working with both of you um what I'll do, I'll uh, do you both do like Audible or listen to audiobooks at all? We do. Yep. Cool. I'll send you an audiobook each for uh, my book, Staffing Up, which is actually hiring best practices. So when the time is right, you can go ahead and use that uh, to find that attorney that you're looking for. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, That's you're perfect. welcome. Welcome. Um, and what are you both looking forward to over the next year, year and a half uh, with the firm? I'm looking forward to continuing to grow. Now, now that I've got a solid foundation, now we can start focusing on, um, I want to build out a resources section on our website so that there's a lot more information for the clients that we can't necessarily help, you know, because, you know, family law cases are sort of like on a bell curve and we handle maybe the 10% on each side of the bell curve, but the 80% in the middle who can 
handle maybe most aspects of their divorce, but they just need a little more information, a little more support. I'm trying to build that aspect out of our website to put more resources out there because that's sorely needed. So that's that's what I'm excited about is, is sort of helping out the, the people that we don't directly represent. AJ, what about you? Uh, I'm similarly excited about growing the firm. I think we absolutely need at least a new attorney now uh, and maybe more staff later in the year where we're getting overwhelmed. Uh, we're considering starting a wait list for some of our clients coming in with more complex cases, and we'd like to avoid doing that. So we definitely need somebody new. And in terms of outside the firm, I'm really looking forward to working with uh, the local bar. I'm the chair of the uh, Alameda County Bar Family Law Executive Committee and working with the bench to hopefully ease some of the problems that we've all been having with the courts. Uh, they're still a mess with COVID. Um, and it's kind of part of our pro bono policy to help out where we can to, um, you know, help with judgments, to work as settlement officers for the court if they need it, things like that. That's terrific. And if, if someone uh, wants to connect with both of you, either because they want to work at the firm um, or because they really like what you have to say, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? I would say through our website at heartguinea.com. H A R absolutely H A R T C I N N E Y dot com. Fantastic, Rob and AJ. It was a pleasure chatting with you today. Congratulations on all your success opening your firm with uh, in the middle of the pandemic, and it's just it's just growing like a rocket. So, congrats to you both. Thank you. Thank you, and everyone. That is Robin Guinea and AJ Hart with Hart Guinea LLP in Oakland, California. That's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.